Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of the Purple Hyacinth podcast on The Story Tinker. And its title is already not very... Um, optimistic it's called time tomb <laughs> and today we have Fu and ocean hello, hello. <laughs> all right so with that very cheerful title um there is a content warning and i'm just going to read straight from the episode so this episode contains graphic imagery of self-harm and depiction of suicide which may be triggering to some readers viewer discretion is advised so if that is something that you cannot handle at this moment do not listen to the rest of the episode it's a very intense episode Okay, so start off with some crashing PS people and Kieran's hand holding a bottle of nitroglycerin. Looks like he basically just saved them all from impending explosion because they were probably about to throw that out the window and he caught it probably out of their hands. So good catch, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, and there on the floor, he puts the um, bottle back in the, in the trunk like you see the you know, open trunks right by the window. It's clear that they've been having their little fiesta, throwing stuff out there. And after he does so, he just like doubles over and winces in pain and shakes, clutches his abdomen, clutches his side, and he is not doing well. Whew, it's hard to see him this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he takes a breath, he inhales, and he looks outside at the burning trucks. And I believe this is in the back, if I recall correctly. And he says, so they guess the APD would try to enter through here. It's a dead end. Almost all of it is within throws distance. They set up an ambush, but why just here? And he looks more closely. And then he sees a tunnel. Is this where the Phantom Scythe back of came from? And we <laughs> do indeed see a tunnel. And he says, oh. so... We have our way out. We're so close. And let me tell you, Flu, when I read this, I was like, tunnel theory, tunnel theory. And no, no. Else was <laughs> I screamed when I saw that. Um, I was like, oh my God. Because like, okay, Mindy, like I've been doing the podcast for like this entire arc, right? And I'm like, I'm just on like every single episode now for Fast Fest. So you know that I have been like on a roller coaster with this theory. Like we were suggesting, like I think it was some of the earliest episodes for this arc. We were like, oh hey, like um, he's like, what if they end up in like what if the factory does explode and what if they do end up in the tunnels? And I found like me saying this on the Discord from April twenty second, <laughs> April twenty second. Today is July sixth. <laughs> April twenty second, and it came out on the fifth. Uh, this episode came out yesterday for me so on the july 5th so like i saw this and was like oh my god <laughs> because like we were talking about it right we were like oh my god loon is totally gonna end up in the tunnels right mm-hmm. that was just earlier on in the arc but then like <laughs> when we got to the late 90s we were like okay probably not scrap the theory and i haven't really thought about that theory much 
until now mm-hmm. <laughs> when and when they were raising questions like hey where did the like phantom sites come from i was like oh my god this tunnel theory came from right. the tunnel <laughs> we've been mentioning the tunnel theory for like from earlier episodes i don't even know if i posted all of them yet but because of you know the messenger appearing at the coming camellia out of nowhere and what else was there that was a another appearance out of nowhere um there was bella like when she came out of the bookcase right at right Right. mentioned Mm -hmm. that was uh perhaps like she came out of a tunnel like he has like a tunnel attached to his house maybe Mm -hmm. uh we were also like in also in episode 91 we were questioning where apostle four and the leader were and we were like they're probably in some they looked underground so they were probably in some room connected to tunnels their maps also looked uh, like they had tunnels on them or something like that and mm-hmm. plus like in episode 38 when we talked about the the man who laughs the comic book the main point living like method or plot of that comic is that the the joker is using the tunnel system the sewer system and he wants to poison the city's water supply and he's like using that so that totally ties in mm-hmm. and oh there was another moment i think it's episode 65 karen mentions the criminal underground right, and right. He, where as the audience we're supposed to take it like you know the fan of sites on the ground we're supposed to take it as like you know um metaphorically e- yeah like you know the criminal underground like the black market and stuff and i think kieran that's also what he took that moment as right or that's what he took that theory as uh you know they're they're just black market and stuff but you know when we go back and we'll reread that episode you know if you'll ever do rereads we'll be like oh no (laughs) it's not a double (laughs) meaning all along and that was yeah that's part of the part of the tunnel theory this theory has been around for a while like it basically turns a year old, I think, next month. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is, a, it's an amazing moment, I will, I will say. It's just, it must feel yeah. so good to be vindicated like that. It did. That's- it did feel really good. <laughs> um, I think I should probably clarify what the tunnel theory is for uh, listeners who may not know. Uh, I'm just going to read what I put in the comments of this episode because people were asking and I said the tunnel theory is a theory that there are sprawling tunnels underneath the Artala city used by the PS to move around undetected this would be how the messenger entered the Carmen Camellia as we were saying um, as well as where the leader and Apostle 4 were located in episode 91 earlier this arc I theorized that the factory would eventually blow up and Loon would end up in the tunnels and be presumed dead by the APD I scrapped it later on but now it's back so yeah that's a theory on the brink of possibility so do you guys knowing what we know of what happens later do you do you guys think that they're going to end up in the tunnels? For sure. It's funny yeah. that you were saying that um, people didn't take uh, what Kieran was saying literally, because I always thought that like that he was being literal, like because he lives in a cave. Like, why would they not be in the tunnels? Like, I, I had always like read it that way. So that's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, I saw yeah. that the t- comment was tunnel theory, and I was just like, tunnel theory? Like, I thought it was like a thing. <laughs> like, I thought this was like <laughs> right. a fact already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on Garen's comment, I've seen some discourse like whether he meant it literal or metaphorically. Most people I've seen take took it as like a metaphor because yeah, like I also thought I, it was literal. Yeah, and then like I see, it, I don't know. I'm kind of fifty fifty on it because I'm not sure if Kieran would actually be aware of this tunnel system or if he has even used it before. 
and I think I saw some people discussing it last night they were and they were saying that the Phantom Scythe would it really make sense for them to make Kieran aware of this channel system and this way of like moving around because it gives him slightly more power that he can use he definitely doesn't seem to know about it here he's surprised that there's a tunnel and he has to figure it out like he's not like oh that's the tunnel he's like a tunnel so yeah, it made sense to me though um because then like when you think about it if like he kills someone and then he has to get away really quick like where do you go like the tunnels like so it makes sense that like their most trusted assassins would know about the tunnels mm-hmm. or like other important figures in the phantom site mm-hmm. so I, like, I, I, yeah go ahead. oh sorry i was gonna say like if kieran was like if he knew about the tunnel system right and he was like you know at least like he was aware that it existed right uh, I feel like he would have uh, told Lauren maybe at this point because, you know, if they ever got ambushed or something and, you know, th- there was that question of where did all these uh, Phantom Scythe recruits or like backups come from? And this is the first time that we've seen Kieran consider a tunnel and it took him to actually see it uh, mm-hmm. before he considered it a possibility. Yeah. And I have a, a judgment question. I mean, a question on his judgment because he's like, oh, if there is a Phantom Side tunnel, you know, we have our way out. I'm like, dude, are you planning to just go into a Phantom Side tunnel when they're like actively trying to kill you? <laughs> like, I mean, it's better than nothing, Mindy. <laughs> or it's better. I don't know. Better than being captured by the APD and trying to walk past them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would take my chances with the APD over the Phantom Side any day. <laughs> Maybe the tunnels aren't crowded. Maybe they already evacuated everyone from it, so they're good. Yeah. Probably what he's assuming, but a little little (laughs) nerve-wracking. Anyway, now he hears a which is our radio sound, and it's coming from the the fellows on the floor. He looks around, and he picks up one of the, I would say earbuds, but it's probably not an earbud, (laughs) whatever the term, correct term for that is. And Lauren comes limping out around um, the corner. He looks up at her and she is, she looks, you know, amazing. She leans against the, the door frame or something in her, she's clutching her arm, panting, sweating, like she's just doing very poorly. And he, you know, furrows his eyes and Lauren looks around and is like, well, I see you didn't need much help, you know, knocking them out. He's like, what happened? You look like shit. <laughs> and she's like, thank you. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> it's a very sweet thing to say to a lady. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I guess. And at this point, she looks at him. And again, like we only see one eye, um, just I think to highlight how out of it she is. And she, her vision blurs. She is really doing very poorly. I mean, she's obviously had blood loss and who knows what other kind of, you know, physical trauma she's received to her body. And she, she like blurs out for a second and then he comes back into focus and she manages to come back with a retort. She's like still better than you. <laughs> Lauren, you almost like, your vision is blurred and you have a bullet in your arm. <laughs> I think Kieran's doing slightly better than you. <laughs> we haven't mm-hmm. seen any indication that he's about to faint. <laughs> Yeah. like in this moment <laughs> um yeah i know i wonder if they're ever gonna start like doing the body count again they're like oh i'm up to 20 i'm up to 25 
<laughs> I don't know. So, I think Kieran's ahead on this one. I think he's above the limit. They can just stop counting at this point. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, are you doing okay? We should leave. And again, that shows her concern. You know, she's asking for him as well. It's not just one-sided. They're both really caring for each other and concerned about their physical well-being. And then, and then we have a great fourth, break the fourth wall line. She's like, it feels like we've been stuck in this factory for three months. <laughs> that was great. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, they, this arc started what? In April? Like, it's July now. So it has been basically three months. A little bit yeah. less, probably, but it's really been April. I can't believe it. I mean, I think so. Like, I can check when. Um, episode. <laughs> oh yeah, it says, it says here that episode, uh, ninety four was released May seventeenth, uh, but I think yeah. that's for like, non regular release. Yeah. yeah, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been April somewhere around the 17th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. And then Kieran's like, he furrows his brows and he's like, wait, come listen. And they share, you know, the other half of the transmitter, transceiver, whatever. And which people have pointed out, you know, it's like akin to couples sharing their headphones. So cute. <laughs> the couple that, you know, listens to music together or listens to radio broadcasts about how to explode everyone together <laughs> so <laughs> romantic oh my god <laughs> even food says it's romantic it must truly be <laughs> maybe sarcasm no <laughs> i no. it was totally genuine i refuse to believe it was sarcasm <laughs> man and what i hear is hold off the apd do not let them get to the basement secure the tunnel you'll receive a signal when the countdown starts Evacuate before the basement explodes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, oh my God, the panel that follows after that. Absolutely horrifying. Like the, you can see the terror in their eyes. And when I saw this, I just, because of like, you know what they were saying, right? Uh, what they were hearing. And plus this panel, it immediately reminded me of uh, one of the panels from the Carmen Camellia arc when they are also finding out about mm-hmm. the plans for the explosions, right? And here they are, they're finding out more plans for an explosion right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and whenever whenever the backdrop fades away and we have it against just white, that shows up, that kind of punches more emotionally and, you know, makes us focus on just the emotions and like strips away all the other detail. And yeah, that's what's happening here. And then Lauren has her PTSD moment. And she, you know, she vaguely is hearing in the background, I repeat, secure. And this is what, that's that's from the radio, right? Is that not, or is that a flashback? I don't think so. And now she's flashing back to the train station bombing. And we just see this, the orange panels, but the panels are, of little child Lauren looking at the explosion and everything burning, but everything's distorted. It's like a Picasso, I think, painting where everything is just warped. 
and she's but dumping and she's thinking her rational self is thinking snap out of it and we hear kieran yelling lauren and she's just like you know she's kind of like having a panic attack and she's thinking snap out of it and she's still huffing and then it just the images get more and more abstract like we have a sort of like an what looks like an eye which is again very much paralleling the the eye that sees fire which is the repeating motif throughout the story the eye reflecting some kind of trauma you know whether it's lauren's or kieran's we have this a lot um with people's negative experiences being seen through their eyes so this is kind of a callback to that and just like abstract waves and then we see i just just noticed is that belladonna like underneath the eye like there's some red and then it looks like pink like even though with the filter like you know bella's lips and then her hair is that bella i can't tell but Hmm. maybe what do you see like i only see waves so like what part of her are you seeing uh it's like you know the bottom half of her face it's right it's next to the b in the badump underneath the eye it's very abstract but i feel like i can kind of see that because she does represent fire too and it's a very like explosive scene hmm. um she can like her belladonna being the one like setting off the explosives here well, she, well i think uh, i think hmm. because she's having flashbacks right now it's uh she's flashing back to her conversation with tim sake when she got knocked out by bella oh yeah the object in the hand kind of to the left right there near the waves is that what that is maybe it if it's any panel it's this panel it's the panel from episode 72 not 72 52 it's a panel of bella in 52 where she's reporting back to the messenger and uh, I think she has her hand up and kind of in a bit of it's closed uh, and she's looking up a little bit if you like go back to the episode you'll see it I think like <laughs> well you'll have to do a side-by-side shoot because I am been staring at this the entire time and I'm like and maybe see a little bit of pink hair on top but I'm like otherwise I have no idea <laughs> but what she definitely does see very clearly she sees Kim and Will and those are the people that she cares most about who are outside and who um could possibly be exploded if this thing goes off and you know these are also recent panels of them you know from just the past um arc and there's more but dump but dump but dump but dump and it's just like overwhelming so i've never had a panic attack but i'm i'm guessing that this is what it's trying to portray and she's telling herself snap out of it and kieran's again yelling lauren the second time and like his his mouth is wide open he seems very concerned at the fact that he's like yelling like that and this is just giant the dump more of the eye and then she says she thinks i said and she we see in negative image her grabbing the butt of her gun snap out of it and she jams it into her bullet wound and i actually think it's brilliant it's horrifying to watch but i think it's brilliant because you need she knew she needed something to help her snap out of her state and that intense pain that she would feel would make her snap out of it and bring her back to the present reality and it's so lauren because she doesn't ever give in to her feelings she always tries to well well she does often give it to her feelings which she which she references but she is determined to do what it takes to survive honestly at this point but to do the right thing and to to do what she needs to do and to the point of like you know hurting herself and it's 
it's mm-hmm. beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, it just has the, the r- perfect effect on her and on us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, yes, I think something interesting about uh, her panic attack, I think we can split it into like, I was split into two sections. Uh, it's the first panel where she's saying, no, I can't lose my mind right now, where it's the warped panel of her as when she was younger, looking at the wreckage of Allendale. And then we get the little interlude of Kieran yelling her name. And then we get the eye. So I guess it could be one to three with the eye in the middle. And then we get the scenes of him and Will. And this second third part where it's Kim and Will is kind of fascinating to me because the image over them right now is Lauren as a child crutched over in the wreckage of Allendale and this is when she finds Dylan's hat Hmm. and so that is the moment where she realized that her friend had died and then these two panels of Will and Kim are the exact moments that Lauren also thought that her friends were going to die. Ooh, perfect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kim falling down and Will about to get shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like her um her past and her potential future are just blurring together in her eyes and she can't even think clearly right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see just how deeply her her pain at losing her friend still is embedded in her and yeah it's like it's not disconnected pain you know if she would have if she were to receive new grief it would just be you know an extension of the previous grief it's not like a separate incident for her Mm -hmm. yeah this entire sequence is really well done it is a marvel and a feast for the eyes like Mm -hmm. so like this is amazing this entire like sequence this entire episode's like really good so like props to soap enough and the assistance yeah Whew. um do you want to take over from here Roshan? yeah um so we see kieran looking at lauren i think he knew how determined she was he kind of almost looks like shocked by like the willpower she has and like what she has to do to really snap out of it. Um, You see Lauren huffing and she apologizes. Um, She said, I've been here before and it made me panic. I think she's just thinking about the explosion and like the effect it can have on everyone in her current life. Because when you think about it, it, it really ruins her life up to a certain point and she's really never been able to get over it. So I think if this were to happen a second time, I don't think that she ever would get over it. I think it would really ruin her as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That look mm-hmm. on Kieran's face, it's one of the rare, you know, I know we always talk about how Kieran has a mask on and in this arc, he has been a lot more open than we've ever seen him. But to me, this is like incredibly, incredibly open for Kieran where he's, his, I mean, it's like a very, and I don't want to say boyish look really, but very, very unguarded, very open, very present and real. And mm-hmm. I think there's also respect in that gaze because I think he understands what she's feeling and he probably himself would do something similar in order to persevere in the mission. And I think it's just a beautiful expression of like mutual understanding and respect. And it's at this moment where I really think to myself that these two 
you know, in many ways, Lauren did live a, a very privileged life and Kieran doesn't seem to have lived that. We don't know his past exactly. So, but from a certain age, he did not seem to have a, a privileged life. And we always think that, you know, Kieran had, you know, the worst of it because he was tortured essentially and um, made to do a lot of things that Lauren was spared. And while that still holds true, this moment just really brought home to me how much these two have in common and how much they have shared emotional experiences and reactions and can understand each other. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I, that was really well said. Um, yeah, both for both of these characters, their trauma and their experiences have sort of, you know, uh, ruined their lives in a bit because even though Lauren does, uh, oh my God, sorry, my voice. <laughs> even though Lauren does have a life of her own, right? Uh, you know, that's aside from Loon. Um, she's, you know, she's in the police, she has friends. Her obsession with taking down the Phantom Scythe has sort of stopped her from sort of living to an extent, right? Because she has to hold this guilt and hold this trauma and sorrow with her and she hasn't been able to move on yet and so even though she does have what we would consider you know pretty good life uh, these things do hold her back and then as for Kieran like his whole life is basically the phantom scythe and that like before he got the archivist job um but even then, he still feels like he doesn't fit in. And so the Phantom Scythe as, you know, sort of symbolism for his trauma and is the source of his trauma <laughs> is still what's holding him back from leading a more fulfilling life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lauren's physical life might be, uh, you know, not difficult, but she has a lot of mental health issues that come from what she's experienced. And, you know, that pain is real. I think that's something mm -hmm. they can really um, relate to, though, because Kieran also has a lot of those mental issues where we see him in a lot of those panels looking at himself covered in blood, um, thinking monster to himself. So I think it's something they can both really relate to. Um, and I think they both have a very similar drive. Like you said, I could see Kieran also doing that to make himself snap out of it and just focus on what they're doing and get it done. Mm -hmm. um but yeah we see lauren and she says i've been here before and it made me panic and we see a flashback scene of when she was interrogating someone um i believe she was holding up the picture trying to find out uh where tim sake was or who the driver was at this point and she said i won't let my emotions take over this time right that's from when they were with angela when she like flipped out completely and almost got them caught by the APD. Mm -hmm. I mean, she probably experienced something similar to the sequence that we just saw, right? Because she saw the picture of Allendale, she saw her parents' car, and she probably got that hit of grief, right? Because mm -hmm. of her parents, because that's when she realized that um, her parents, you know, there might have been something more to their death and it wasn't just an accident. And so, you know, if she wasn't getting flashbacks from Allendale, at least she was getting, she was at least reliving uh, her parents' death. Yeah. 
And also, I think that she's being very self-aware because we always say on the podcast that Lauren's very impulsive and she, you know, has very strong emotions and she lets them take, get the better of her, her rational decision-making, but she's aware even at this moment, which is like incredibly difficult and emotional for her. She recognizes what her, her typical flaw is and says, I can't, I won't let that happen this time, which is quite profound for her to be able to think that way at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, there's more stakes this time because when, when during the Onslow mission interrogation, they were still pretty early on in their loon career and the stakes were still pretty high, but like, you know, if she failed there, then people probably weren't going to get bombed in that moment. But now lives are on the line and they do not have the time for this. And so she is, uh, showing more resolve now Mm -hmm. very great moment for lauren i remember um one of the episodes we recorded together it was the episode where um lauren sees tim sake again and she she, um just explodes on him so i remember just being like when is lauren going to learn and i guess no time is better than the present um so yeah i'm really proud of lauren here um she just has a very pained expression obviously from from hitting herself but she says this time we're doing this together let's go alert the APD Aww. so sweet oh she's got the sweat drops um Kieran looks so worried about her um yeah his you eyes know? are shaking which is not probably physically possible but maybe it's like tears trembling in his eyes maybe that's that <laughs> you know what this panel reminded me of I've seen a lot of other people point this out but Kieran's expression in this looks really similar to his expression in episode 78 like during the flashback when he's younger looking at chandelier man mm-hmm. and I think it's when like chandelier man is telling him that to not let them as in the fandom side take his soul somewhere around there mm-hmm. so parallels oh. maybe <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think of how that would be well I think she's definitely his tie to humanity and I think he's worried about losing her so yeah the chandelier man told him don't lose your humanity and Lauren for him and we know this 100% because of the what he writes um you know with the drawing of her and he says you know she made him she reminded him of his humanity for a reason he can't understand so maybe now him looking at her is like, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose her. She's my one tie to humanity. I don't think it's necessarily healthy for Lauren to be like how he expresses humanity. I think she reminds him of what it's like to be human, but she's not the reason he feels human. She's not like, I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, like she reminds him, right? of what it's like to be human because she treats him like a person right not like the fandom side um you know he can talk to her and they have conversations and he can be he can like almost pretend to be a normal person around her right uh so that is what makes him feel human not that like she herself makes him feel human but that she opens the door and like gives him the opportunity 
for himself to try and uh, become human if that makes any sense whatsoever (laughs) yeah no I think he also just really admires her I feel like I don't have any evidence for this but I almost feel like he looks at her and sees a life that he could have had because he he's good at this detective work and being stealthy so I feel like in another lifetime if he wasn't with the phantom sites he could have been a police officer and helping solve crimes and I don't know it's kind of like a what if kind of scenario and he looks at her and just sees that happening what his life could be kind of oh that's sweet yeah he definitely would be good at it I'm just I just want to like say that uh, to clarify that's not Lauren's responsibility to make sure that Kieran feels human like that's his own thing yeah I mean I know, I know we discussed it's not great in the for past. him yeah it's not great for him to be emotionally attached or not attached but like emotionally dependent on her <laughs> well <clears throat> kind of hate to break it to you but that's what relationships are like <laughs> I'm, I'm emotionally dependent on my husband he's emotionally dependent on me and that's yeah, you know but... it's the risk you take when you choose to be in a relationship with someone you do give up some of your I I understand what you're saying because there has to be a part of you that that is okay no matter what right you have to be able to stand on your own two feet and be psychologically healthy without other people but because we're human beings we do form relationships with other people Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah I mean of course it's okay to rely on someone else emotionally uh but I don't think it's healthy when like you know you uh you make them like the soul image of like you know all of everything that you need emotionally right where you rely on them and solely them right and I I do think that in the context of this story Lauren would be like a bridge you know she would be the first step out and then you go on from there to hopefully develop healthy relationships with lots of people and you know get out of that phantom site or whatever but like at this moment in the story there's a lot of unhealthy things going on so (laughs) she's the step one <laughs> yeah it's just like it's a bone I have to pick with like <laughs> the whole like enemies to lovers trope thing and genre like y'all <laughs> this is not this is not a good healthy like relationship if you want it to become romantic <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know we've we, I never I know everyone has talked about this a lot so we definitely yeah uh, <laughs> we made our we made the stance clear here <laughs> i can definitely see therapy in their future yeah, right? yeah we always say what's the best ship every character and therapy <laughs> yep all of them need psychological help and professional <laughs> psychological help <laughs> future f has said that therapy does exist in artalis so like i really Detroit. hope that we see it like in comic <laughs> that'd be cool anywho guess you can continue <laughs> so yeah we see um karen and the next panel i can't tell if this is from lauren's vision and she's seeing things blurry again um because the panel's very blurry but um we see karen like stabilize lauren he grabs her and he says you're not alone either detective i got you oh <laughs> love this one so beautiful oh, oh so yeah cute. i think yeah i think it's like lauren right she's kind of a bit unsteady right so her vision blurs. so karen goes behind her right puts her hand like on her shoulder sort of or like on her side it's like underneath her under, under, yeah underneath under her, her arm, arm. um her. and then like 
Yeah. So he goes behind her, puts his hand underneath her arm, and helps her. <laughs> is his arm around her? <laughs> okay. It's you know it does, you don't have to take it romantically, but it's so sweet and it is so mm, validating and beautiful. <sighs> yeah. And I by the way. I also looked at that panel that's blurred out like a couple times and scrolled back to see like whose perspective. But yeah, it's definitely her perspective because it's the same columns. And I think mm-hmm. she just liked that with him. Yeah, and it's, I was looking at this right while we were discussing it and I was trying to figure out like what was going on because, you know, it's like Kieran kind of poofed <laughs> from her vision because like where she's looking yeah. is where Kieran should be. But now like, you know, when he like puts it, but when you see the next panel, right? Oh, it's, okay. I, I see that. Oh, okay. He went behind her. That's why he's not like in her field of vision anymore. <laughs> Thank you. I, I didn't. I didn't even get that till right now. So I got it. <laughs> so yeah. I have a question though because I've seen a lot of people saying this, and I personally like disagree with it. Okay. Where do you think Loon's gonna end up after this arc? Wait, wait, wait. Right. Let's I'm talking. Yeah, we were, or should we save it for the end? Because we were yeah. kind of discussing this earlier, and I've seen a lot of people saying that they think he's good, uh, that they think they're going to end up in Kieran's cave. But I have a few qualms with that theory. Let's totally discuss this at the end. It would be a great way to end the episode because, okay. yeah, I, I have, I'm sure we all have thoughts. <laughs> I feel like this is like the perfect scene to just show like how determined and strong Lauren is. She's like dizzy seeing blurred everything um and she's still going and they're just like let's go um mm-hmm. we move on to the next panel when they're going down the stairs um and they're talking about uh with the amount of nitroglycerin that they have in the basement the whole neighborhood will be turned into smoke um, the apd and civilians seem to evacuate as soon as possible we have no clue what the countdown is gotta hurry bum 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 again um we see them both running down the hallway um blood dripping down lauren's arm and i feel like this is like really like what we were talking about last episode too like what are they going to do because if they stay here any longer the police department is probably going to capture them um i guess that's where tunnel theory comes into it but (laughs) um but yeah she she even says, if I have to expose my identity and get arrested, so be it. Which is yeah, very yeah. admirable. And, you know, mm. it's, she's down to the wire, right? So the choice is basically like life or death for her friends and, or getting caught. And she's like, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. before she tried to preserve her identity, but if, if the only other alternative is, is, you know, if this is the way to save her friends, like she'll do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's an incredibly heroic moment for lauren like just even like she's not really doing much right now she's just running like in her mind like right it's such a good character moment because she doesn't even have a doubt in her mind that she would do that she didn't even question it like if she's down to do this because she knows that lives are on the line right now not just the like police right not just her friends and the police and her uncle who's outside and you know the rest of the squads but a whole neighborhood right Uh, I'm still kind of confused on whether they're in the 11th precinct or not because I always thought that this was taking place near the docks Um, Mm -hmm. so like I don't remember which one 
so if it is the 11th precinct it does seem like more of a residential area so they are probably surrounded by a lot of homes and a lot of people who live in those homes right and you know so uh, that would definitely raise the stakes because there are probably like families and kids like all of those people could die uh if this uh if the pandemic is successful if they're at the docks right uh in like the 13th precinct i mean still pretty bad we don't know uh if the 13th precinct is also residential i would assume so uh but there's also a lot of just industrial uh, factories in this area too which you know could lead to more damage if those get exploded too like you know it would make sense that it would be in like some kind of neighborhood because with the first bombing it really targeted a place they knew a lot of people would be affected so it makes sense that they would for the second attempt also try to blow up like a neighborhood it's kind of like the next level first it's the train station next it's the police department in the neighborhood so they're really well, just well now that makes me confused because we should well, really I yeah, guess talk about it at the end it seems well, like they didn't like we thought yeah, it wasn't meant to happen because this is the glass factory is just where they're storing the bombs right they had no intention of uh or not the bombs but the nitroglycerin, but the nitroglycerin. i've seen people confusing it when i say bombs i mean nitroglycerin you know those those little glass bottles they're basically bombs right um but yeah uh i've seen um the bomb the bombs weren't supposed to go off tonight they were no, just you're, so, you're so right you're so right. That actually makes more them, sense right. than being in like a secluded place now, because then it's kind of like out in a hideout. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Because this is in a glass factory right now, and this is just where they were hiding it, right in the basement. They, uh, and they had intentions to actually move the bomb somewhere else, right? They were saying how the date has been moved up earlier in this arc. Um, we all assumed it was the Radcliffe's ball. Yeah. So, like, I thought they were like the bombing was moved up or something it's been a while i have to reread this song. yeah yeah but that just but, made me yeah. made me question why it's did they have this why and how did they have this like thing rigged up in the basement then with the timer did well, they just like bring it there I, when they knew that because, like hmm? i think it's the reason that the bombs are going off now like it is a last ditch attempt to save themselves, right? Cover their tracks, right? Because they have been found out by Loon and the police department. So they need to, one, cover their tracks and two, take out as many police and Loon members as possible, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know what happened to them saying that we need to capture one of the Loon people. (laughs) Uh, Well, Maybe the messenger just gave up after the last episode because like well well there's a line coming there's a line that's coming up in a second that I think we could talk about that because I, I had some questions there with that line. So yeah. let's continue on. Yeah. We'll have some more discussion. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna finish up off my thought or it's like uh yeah, so to save themselves, the um uh, not the fandom side, but I guess Apostle Seven's forces have decided that it's just too high risk to not blow up everything because like this is their only solution right now they have to get out of the situation uh if it means sacrificing you know all their ammunition for whatever then so be it they can they'll have to figure out something else later on right now what's most important is taking out loon and taking out the uh, police 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so um, we see Lauren, uh, her resolve is that she's already determined. She knows what she's going to do. Um, and she's trying to help this guy here who she must know. Um, she's saying, get out. Um, alert everyone to get out now. The Phantom Scythe is planning to blow up the entire bang. We see this guy die before she even gets the sentence out. I also just realized she kind of caused his death because he looked away from the doorway and looked at her. Yeah, I just noticed that too. Um, when we first see him, right when she's running towards him, you can see that he's... Um, retreating he's moving backwards so there is obviously something that he's moving away from right uh it's the panel where Lawrence says if I have to expose my identity and be arrested so be it like he's very small there but you can see tap 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 and he's leaning a bit backwards so he is moving backwards however from what we don't know and then it's the phantom scythe dude yeah he's firing at them too I think Looks like he's firing at them or ready to. Uh, so bad. That's heart wrenching. You can see the um, the reflection in her eyes of him going down too. Oh my god! I just noticed that another one, right? Poor Lauren. Oh, All the things she has to witness. Yeah. Man, another thing. You know, feel, this time she really could feel guilty for it. We know she always accepts responsibility. Yeah. This time it's like oh, legitimate. The panel of the guy being shot is like horrifying to me. Like usually I'm like I don't like you know just out of sight, out of mind. But like I've just been thinking about it for the last day because it's just wow. Like his expression is like insane. Like the way Soph drew it. Not like he's mad or anything, but like it's just wow. <laughs> He also looks like a good guy. Like he, his features are drawn. Like he looks like a nice person, sympathetically. You know, we're sympathetic towards him. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. She must know him. She works at the police department too, so she can put a name to that face more than likely. Unless it's like the SWAT team. Yeah, the SWAT team also came. I think I'm probably the SWAT guy. Hmm. Uh, no, we know it's a SWAT guy because we see his uniform in, in the next couple panels. Okay, yep. Man, Lauren's expression is heart wrenching. Like when she sees him fall. <sighs> yeah, definitely a good thing there was a content warning here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Kieran definitely notices too because he just he doesn't even waste time. He's just like cover me, and he just runs out there. Um, and I'm assuming he kills the other person because they're able to run by and he takes the guys, the SWAT members out of radio here. Oh, and he's like using the SWAT guy as cover. Um, oh my God. Oh, I yeah. just noticed that. I, okay, I yeah, this arc is like kind of dark. So like I've been missing out on half this stuff until we do podcasts and yeah. I can actually get a good look at it. Um, yeah, it's oh, sad. You see horrible. he gets shot. Like first he was just shot in the forehead. Now he's like shot you know knee like two two knees one shoulder on the arm like he's it's 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 like it's callous and cruel but also brilliant to use this guy dead guy as cover it's 
the only thing they can do though like they're desperate it's interesting because you can see two sets of hands on him so it almost looks like lauren's pulling him out of the way too Hmm. wait no he's i think lauren must be shooting yeah lauren's shooting kieran has his arm on the on the guy's shoulder and on his arms on the other guy's arm yeah i'm just assuming it's lauren shooting because because Mm -hmm. she has the gun and he said cover me so she's covering him right Ooh, this arc was uh, this episode was really dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. This whole arc is like this whole like what has it been like uh, eight episodes now at the factory? Mm. But yeah, yeah, this this whole sequ- I'm super excited um, to like just read through this whole thing and then start it over once all these episodes are out mm. and just like see all those details and just see the whole action scene play out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah um they both decide to take the stairs so i guess they didn't get him because we still hear the shooting here bang bang um lauren shoots back and then she gets on the radio and says this is loon get everyone out of the factory immediately we've got intel indicating the phantom site is planning to set up the nitro in the basement soon well it's kieran talking i believe Oh, is it? Yeah, because he has the radio. He took it from the guy. Oh, yes. See, that was going to make me wonder if it was Lauren talking. They definitely would have recognized right. her voice. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would recognize Kieran's voice, though, because I know that he's newer, but yeah. he's been there for a yeah. while now. He's not hiding it. Well, so. it's possible he is without Sophie telling us, but yes, probably not. <laughs> you know, it's more important that people actually hear it mm-hmm. then because you know lauren said that you know she's willing to reveal her identity to keep people safe so this is what karen's doing he's revealing his voice Ooh, see they're both doing that they're both willing to risk their identity being revealed mm-hmm. yeah. oh nice i think by the way Fu, i think at some point you should you're supposed to take over i don't know exactly when but <laughs> yeah sorry i don't know when, when that was there <laughs> Oh, I'll do it when maybe like when they go on the when they switch hallways now I can pop in. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we hear uh, I guess Kieran tell them to evacuate the entire neighbor uh, neighborhood because a hundred nitro crates in the basement are going to go off. Um, Chief Sinclair or Sinclair received a message yeah, and if it would have been Lauren, Chief Sinclair would have been like, Lauren, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, for sure. I forgot that that was him that answered. I mean, that does raise the question. Do you think Tristan knows that Lauren is Lynn? I personally, I fully believe that he knows her, that it's her. Yeah, I don't. I don't because really, I mean, the main thing is because I feel like we've been given clues that he knows something is going on, but you know, he constantly looks at her board, but I don't think he knows exactly because he, he keeps questioning. The only things we have of him is like him questioning, like, what's your angle? And like, we haven't gotten anything that he knows. And also when that episode with Dokken, when Dokken like basically hoodwings him and it's obvious that Dokken's keeping something from him, then Tristan struck me as a little clueless when it comes to the people he loves. Um, but someone had this theory at the time and it made food, maybe it was you, where maybe Tristan is really like in the know and he's just pretending to be clueless all along. And like, he was yeah, trying to cheer chip off Dokken. 
So yeah, that, was, that was me. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a, my theory is that um, Tristan's kind of playing a little dumb, right? To get information from people. <laughs> Cause like he's That's using, fine. he's using his relationship with Dokken, um as a means for information. Cause Dokken was like, he was just asking a bunch of questions uh, in episodes 80 uh 87 maybe 87 to 88 um he was just and like Dawkins was giving him like really important information like oh oh damn okay <laughs> like about the phantom scythe and so you know that with like you know Tristan's probably like does he have an ulterior motive I would say yes because there's also that moment right like the what's your angle scene or not really scene but like panels from episode 59 because what's your angle kind of like what's his angle too right like (laughs) if if Lauren has an angle does he have one too so like (laughs) is he like he knows his angle but he wants to know Lauren's angle so like I just he seems like you know Tristan, like, he comes from a, he come like, I would assume he's pretty smart, right? Because he's the chief of police, right? And his brother was a lawyer. So, like, you know, his family's probably pretty smart. Um, and Lauren's really smart. So, mm-hmm. you know, he probably has noticed something going on. And, like, I would assume that he knows Lauren is loon, even though we haven't gotten a lot of focus on him yet, is because, like, they live together. So, <laughs> Like, you know, he has access to her murder board when she's not around. <laughs> and, yeah, like, he has noticed it. He does study it. Like, you know, the whole what's your angle thing. Plus, like, every time Lauren's out being loon, he probably notices that she's not home. <laughs> so, like, you know, if she's not home one evening out doing loon stuff, he'll probably get, like, a loon briefing in the morning from the right. So, like, he, there mu- he must notice the pattern here. <laughs> Must. he's either very clueless or very clever <laughs> i would i really hope it's the latter i have faith interest <laughs> also oh yeah also because he was asking questions at the sinclair's funeral he was asking about like he was asking docking like mm, oh yeah. do you think it was the driver right mm-hmm. do you think it was the driver he thought it was a murder it, mm-hmm. he was right though they mm-hmm. were murdered essentially like kind of basically they were oh, interesting like he he was right in that sense, but Dokken, whether Dokken had ulterior motives or, n- or not, he was just, if whether Dokken was just speaking his mind or what he thought, Dokken was just giving, like, it was just telling him truth, like, you know, just ge- right, general facts. Yeah. Like, he he just said, like, you know, the road is slippery, or mm-hmm. sorry, the road was slippery and the conditions were harsh. Like, that's not really a an answer. answer to, do you think you think the driver did it that's just a general fact about the conditions and what the conditions were like when the Sinclairs died mm-hmm. anyway we should get back to the episode because <laughs> we have a, we have more episodes afterwards <laughs> um did you want to take over Fu? i don't want to like read this whole sequence on you oh sure um so yeah where do we leave off um tristan said this wait okay so yeah kieran says no to Tristan when he asked if they had an approximation of when it's going to go off 
Karen said, no, we're currently heading to the basement to analyze the situation. And I think I can't tell who grabs who here. I think it might have been Lauren grabbing Kieran's arm because in one of the earlier panels, like a couple panels before, she was above him. Or sorry, she not above him, she was behind him. So the person reaching is behind the person. So I think but then in the next panel, she's in front of him. So that's I also yeah. couldn't figure it out. So who knows? One of them. I, I didn't even know why either. Like, yeah, it's not I like thought they were that being fired had at. in here, and like he was like trying to like help her. Um, that's how I read it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so someone grabs someone. One of them grabs the other and pulls them to the ground, just as um, a bullet hits right where they were. Like Wait, they really? crash. Yeah, you can see on the panel where it's them on the ground. There's a crash, right? We see the words crash. And then we see some lines and some uh, marks that um, show something hitting the door. And I would assume those are bullets. Oh, okay. I thought that I thought it was just lines from them crashing down. But I mean, the way that they someone, one of them pulls the other down, I was like, okay, they must be avoiding bullets. But I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. maybe. And then in the next panel with the radio, we do see something hit the ground mm-hmm. and sort of bounce mm-hmm. off. So this something small so it's probably a bullet Mm -hmm. so from the radio we hear tristan saying group a retreat group b and c assist bomb squad and immobilize the threat hudson speaking the enemy is holding us off we cannot get through to act we cannot get through to access the basement and kieran says they're coming and lauren says i'm out of bullets yikes while her arm is throbbing again I yeah. feel like okay, I'm just so cursed, but I have to share because I thought it was so funny. Uh last night someone said that Lauren's not actually out of bullets, she still has the one in her arm. <laughs> oh. That was that was a sick comment. I'm sorry. It was so funny though. It was out of pocket. Like that's brutal. And unnecessary, <laughs> but it was so funny. <laughs> Lauren's out of she's out of bullets except for the one in her arm. Is <laughs> that usable bullets? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, then we see three phantom scythe people running down the hallway. They push open the door. Kieran grabs one of them and kicks them, and they fall off this balcony catwalk, whatever they're on. They got muted. Um, this reminds me of something i'm trying to remember the scene but i don't remember where it's from oh ninja the rooftop no like someone just falling off and it's like like this kind of (laughs) uh, perspective it's not from ph it's from some show probably okay (laughs) and yeah um one of the ps members probably kieran or lauren pushed them against the wall they hit their head and lauren says let's go uh, and they're climbing what down. seems to be down. Yeah, they're going down the stairs to get to the basement. Kieran um, is saying the Phantom Scythe is blocking the APD. They can't get through. And Lauren says, God damn it. Uh, what can we even do by ourselves? Like, this is very stressful for them because, like, you know, everything's sort of going wrong right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, her vision's going blurry again and 
there's a lot of huffing from her, right? Yeah. She's breathing very heavily. Uh, and she thinks to herself, not yet. No. She's just doing everything she can. Like she's so determined to push the room. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really a matter of like mind over matter because you know she's you, her her brain is just the only thing holding her up at this point, her will. I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't understand that line first when I like first read it, but like rereading it now, I'm like, oh, so this is where she faints. Like mm. she because um, you know, she's she's lost a lot of blood, right? Um, she everything that she's doing is very physically strenuous like she wants to fall down right now but not yet she can't do it yet Mm -hmm. Um, man Lauren you you haven't even eaten anything sandwich how are you alive Um, that's the other ship Lauren and food (laughs) (laughs) Lauren and bed Lauren and food Lauren with proper rest so kieran says isn't it weird we haven't bumped into anyone going up what are they planning so and yeah that to me makes me wonder like i guess we could kind of discuss this at the end but i'm like i'm wondering if there was more going on anyway let's 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 go all through this and we'll discuss some theories at the end yes uh what are they planning and they reach the door to the basement and lauren says whatever it is we have to stop it uh, she grabs the door and yanks it open and is met with a younger looking phantom scythe member and we see behind him he set off a time bomb well, yeah and he's running towards him and I didn't get it the first time but after reading I was like oh he's trying to run away and get out the mm-hmm. door <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. oh I hate this sequence it's horrible but it's also just something that i kind of want to talk about so (laughs) yeah we see we see him running towards them because he was going to use the door as an escape and we see the bomb that he has started uh lauren thinks a time bomb and we see explosives and you know this bomb is like ready to trigger in nine minutes 57 seconds and (laughs) 54 milliseconds. Uh, oh god. Um, so she pushes the phantom size person, like grabs them, throws them on the ground, and says this line, which she also said in the prologue to Chris Schaefer, who had also planted bombs in a theater. <laughs> she says, Tell me how to defuse this bomb, or I swear to God, I'll. She has this person on the ground looking up at her. And yeah, um, it's a par- it's a parallel to the prologue, mm-hmm. so, which may be interesting to whether they're actually successful here or not. Good point, uh, or if it's a fake. Mm-hmm. So I just I fear I feel like I'm gonna forget that. So I'm just gonna say like, do you think do you think they're gonna be successful in like detonating not detonating but like dis- disabling a- it? Yeah, disabling the bomb because she was successful, right? In the prologue, we get this parallel here, here to the prologue, right? She's trying to do essentially the same thing, disable the bombs. But wait, I'll discuss this later because yeah, there's more we'll, information. We'll discuss our predictions at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So then we cut to the bomb squad who are trying to make their way down to the basement. There's a lot of shooting. A lot of people are dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and... not. Aim- they're not aiming at their wrists. I noticed they're aiming at their chests. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, someone in the bomb squad says, "Cleared on our way to the basement." And then we come back to this phantom side. Uh, you know, looking at them, they've got a scar on their nose. They've got a bit of and they look very tired that's what i noticed and kind of reminds me of harvey a little bit because he looks like the young person and we don't know his story and how he got into the phantom scythe but he's a he's a very tragic figure already yeah Ugh. i haven't stopped thinking about this character like this like i don't know it's hard to be funny about this episode right and it's like just because of what happens next mm-hmm. um and this guy Again, he looks very tired. Um, he says, huh, you're loon, right? How lucky. I guess I'll make you stay with me. And Lauren says, what? And Kieran yells, there, there are nine minutes, 55 seconds left on this timer. A total of nine wires. And then we cut back to the uh, bomb. And now it's at nine minutes, 54 seconds and 38 milliseconds. And Lawrence yells which is it and she's getting like super intense in, in his face right now which wire and this guy just emotionless because it's such a stark contrast because Lauren and Kieran are both like yelling right and in both panels there's a significance on their face and on their eyes and you can really feel the intensity of their emotions but this loon member his panels basically stay the same like the perspective doesn't change it's not very fish eye it's just straight on and he says it's too late loon we only had 10 seconds and we see um the bomb is now at nine minutes 53 seconds and 21 milliseconds so three seconds left of those 10 seconds i didn't understand what he meant at first but i'll explain it afterwards i think i explained it to mindy last night too um we see the bomb squad running towards the basement and lauren says what do you mean there are nine minutes on the and he cuts her off and he says to get out and uh this is a very triggering part so again anyone who has made it this far uh this is your warning okay hopefully everyone has left by now um who would get triggered by this you you can you can never be too careful so um he brings a gun to his head um near his temple i think it's a little bit behind his ear and um 10 seconds to get out and we see the clock and it's nine nine minutes 50 seconds 46 milliseconds so basically 10 seconds have passed and there's a bang and there's blood splattered and there's blood on Lauren, there's a little bit of blood on Lauren's face we don't see we don't see this phantom scythe member uh we only see their blood and we only see Lauren's expression really and we see that 10 seconds have passed in the next um in the next panel on the clock where it says nine minutes uh and just 50 seconds flat 
and yeah i i didn't understand what he meant by this i thought he meant that they were going to go when i first read this i thought he said that they were going to that the bombs are going to go off in 10 seconds and i was kind of confused because there was that disparity with what the clock was which was you know basically 10 minutes not 10 seconds but now like i on one of my on like my second reread um i realized that he himself had 10 seconds to get out right Mm -hmm. he had 10 seconds to leave that room but because of loon he wasn't able to leave that room right and the door is locked like the alarms have locked and we have an extra panel focusing on that and like we see you know we hear they hear clang clang and yeah i mean you can read on with the panels because it shows us what happens Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's a very dark moment like i would argue one of the darkest if not the darkest moment in Mm -hmm. so far and we have seen like dark stuff like Kieran's backstory all of that episode like you know all of those episodes pertaining to Kieran's backstory and you know stuff with Allendale and you know episode 91 as well with Bella and the implied hints to Bella's backstory dark stuff but this moment just has hit probably the hardest for me and like I made this comment earlier that this guy he looks young right he has but he has a scar on his nose he still looks like relatively young like Lauren's age and I'm like this guy as you said Mandy we don't know his story right we don't know how we got into the phantom scythe but he just he just died for the phantom scythe he died for this cause right he died and he died for what though like to get a good look at Loon, right? Uh, he died. Like, he didn't even really try to fight with Lauren to get out. He just accepted it. Yeah, he didn't. I, I also was thinking that, like, and he didn't try in those last few seconds to say, like, let's get out or, yeah. And also, like, even the fact that, let's say, let's say he didn't, he obviously didn't think he had enough time to get out or they had enough time to get out, that he wouldn't be able to push past Lauren or fight with Lauren. But, even deciding that once the door is locked he didn't want to stick around maybe he felt he couldn't defuse the bomb maybe he doesn't actually know how to defuse the bomb because or he feels like being dead is better than being alive in a world where he failed his duty in the phantom scythe and who knows what they're going to do to do to him if they find out because like theoretically he had 10 minutes right even if they got locked in the room he could have been like, okay, I'm going to save my own skin and I'll help you defuse the bomb. So maybe either he didn't know how or, and, or thinks it's impossible or he figured that life on the run from the Phantom Scythe and what they would do to him is worse than what he could do to himself. Mm-hmm. I think also people who willingly join the Phantom Scythe, right? Or people who are sort of forced to join the Phantom Scythe as well um, have accepted that they already live in the worst possibility because if they're willing to join the phantom scythe then you know they probably see it as something better than what they're already stuck in and so <sighs> people people are willing to die for this cause 
uh it's something that we see in everyday life too you know people who get who are very radical mm -hmm. uh, they are willing to die for and they are willing to kill for their causes mm -hmm. It's it was almost like a suicide mission anyway because he either mm -hmm. fights a balloon or he goes out there where the SWAT yeah. team is and he gets shot there anyway that's very mm -hmm. true yeah the phantom scythe yeah i don't know the phantom scythe i'd say is a suicide mission on its own right because you know you're going on these missions right almost like you know as an operative uh you're basically sacrificing everything you're you're not you don't really live anymore, as you see with Kieran. Uh, uh, you're still conscious, I guess. But yeah, this guy, like he, I think the most unsettling part of it for me is that he looked content in where he was. Like mm. he was, he was done. He was ready, mm -hmm. right? He, yeah. he wasn't even questioned. He didn't even hesitate. He just said we had 10 seconds right to get out and that's how we went mm -hmm. you just accepted yeah. his fate mm -hmm. yeah like he doesn't have to be young for this to be just horrible but i think like also just know like seeing the aspect of him like you know he looks like he's lauren's age and this is this is the kind of stuff that you know in this world that people are legitimately um, stuck in because of, uh, you know, because of the royals, you know, they, in, you know, the royals policies and just everything about Artalis and living in Artalis, that they would rather take this fate, right? They would rather people, there are people out here who would rather die like this than continue on because it's just easier. Yeah. It's hard. And I I hope it's gonna be really hard to discuss, but I kind of hope that this moment is brought back and Lauren does have some reflection on this because I think it would be um, good for her to realize that this person likely came from a situation that she has uh, she can in no way understand because she has not experienced it herself and something more akin to something Kieran would have gone through but I think that you know this moment is going to make her realize that you know the people people who genuinely believe in the phantom side people who genuinely uh, will die for this cause willingly right and accept fate as they do it uh and it's going to make her realize like just or make her understand a little bit more about like why like she's going to ask herself why would did he do that why is he like this and you know her conclusion is going to be very important mm -hmm. yeah anyway, we have about like 13 12 to 13 minutes um so we have like another podcast so let's try to keep it to that time frame <laughs> yeah so there's a there's a thump and a clang. Uh, we, we don't, we can see Kieran has gone to uh, the detonator. Orin is still um, on top of the guy. Uh, there's another thump and it's the bomb squad trying to get in and they say, 
they go on the radio and they say, sir, all access to the basement uh, has been blocked, sir. No, not web two, not loading the panels. Okay. <laughs> and they're looking at this door and it's completely locked. Yeah. And we see Tristan's expression outside and he looks horrified or concerned, but I'm sure that he's absolutely horrified right now. Uh, we see Kim and Will and they look horrified as well. And Kieran's realization that they're stuck in here as well as Lauren's. <laughs> and both of them are looking up at each other and at the bomb, which is now at nine minutes, 45 seconds and 17 milliseconds. It's and, interesting because I think these are like all the people who actually know who Lunar too. So yeah, actually, that's what I was going to say. Oh my God. There was so much I want to say about Tristan panel yeah this is i was gonna say i like said this last night i was like i'm pretty sure like every like you know they focus on everyone who's like close to lauren but like mm-hmm. they didn't focus on lucas probably because he's out but like you know they <laughs> they focus on the people who i would assume know that lauren is loon right or suspect or know that uh she's loon um i said something about this let me see if i can yeah you did and you wrote this yeah. very very long emotional yeah yeah it was about very mad at you for (laughs) yeah I'm mad at myself for it too because like okay I guess I'll kind of like summarize it but like because I really want to talk about Tristan's expression because like oh my god like I have also not stopped thinking about it like all day because like we don't often see Tristan right he's more he's a side character right but he's not like he doesn't make a ton of appearances uh but this is a very important moment for him because his niece, right, his family is in this building, right? Uh, whether he knows it or not, again, I think he knows. <laughs> That's my personal uh, theory. He does know. Um, so, like, imagine, like, like, just assume he does know, right? And this is his realization that he's going to lose um, you know, the last person is family, aside from Dokken, if he considers Dokken family. Uh, he's, and I said, like, okay, I'm going to read the thing. I said, uh, no, because Tristan's reaction hurts me. We see the reactions of everyone who suspects or knows Lauren to be Loon that we've seen, because we know that Kim and Will suspect her, and Kim knows. Uh, Tristan knows Lauren is Loon, or at least very highly suspects it. Right now, he's listening to the radio, utterly helpless. He's listening to the panicked reports of two people who rushed off on a suicide mission to save the entire neighborhood. He's listening to his niece speak through the voice of another. Um, He's listening to her suicide note, and he can't even hear her voice. Lauren was the last person in his family. He practically raised her through adolescence and cared for her when uh, she needed him most. They mourned together, they grieved together, and they lost together. Because, you know, Lauren's parents and Tristan's brother and sister-in-law. And um, and now Tristan is losing her too, and he can't even say goodbye. And that cycle of him losing his family continues. <laughs> Yes, that just made this whole thing so much sadder. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, I feel bad for Tristan. Like, I really hope he's not fan of This episode makes you think that it's not PS. But like, 
oh man this poor dude he's lost so much he doesn't get enough credit um but yeah tristan's expression literally yeah. one of mm, i will be thinking about him for a while <laughs> but yeah so we end off on this panel right it's a uh it's a big shot of the factory or the basement right with all the crates of nitro uh in loon are just so small compared to these crates and the last thing we see is the uh, time a little bit warped and it's nine minutes 44 seconds 43 milliseconds and that's where oh, we end on yeah i just realized like literally five minutes have passed somehow five minutes have passed from like doors locking and then like this thing it's just like, no it's Wendy, it's minutes. Uh, it's minutes, two seconds to milliseconds. So only five seconds. Oh, seconds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Is it nine hours? Oh my god! I wish they had nine hours. Funny. To this out. <laughs> okay, so in like five minutes or less, predictions. What is going to happen? Uh, what was I gonna? Okay, wait. Do you think that they're gonna defuse the bomb, or do you think the? Do you think it's actually gonna explode? I don't know. I, I, the only thing that I that I think I know is I think Lauren will faint and Kieran will have to drag her around, probably to the tunnels, because she's been shown to be blurring out, blurring out all the time. So I do think she will faint and Kieran will have to carry her, which is the opposite of what we we wanted last time. You know, I know. Where where is Lauren carrying Kieran? Please, I need it. <laughs> I need Lauren saving Kieran. Like I think we'll need like, that for a different. A kind a different of I don't think yeah. it's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's always oh, man. It's always Kieran or someone else saying, "Lauren, come on, Lauren." You, I have no, I have no girl, idea. Girl, you can do this. I believe in you. I, I think the only way I think the bomb will go off, but I think the only way, like plot-wise, that the bomb will go off is if the APD manages to evacuate everyone in ten minutes. Because I don't think that at this point in the story, there's going to be a massive explosion that kills a lot of people and her friends. I think that they're. If the bomb goes off, it'll only be if they are evacuated. Yeah, I, I can. I think people are gonna. We don't know. Again, I'm gonna have to check like where we like where even in the city we are because if it's not that residential, it's gonna be pretty easy to evacuate people. But like you know, if it is super residential, this is a this is a city. Like there are a lot of people around this area. Like I can see people dying. Like a lot of people dying. Not like in like a ton, but maybe like on par with Allendale. That's a ton. <laughs> I mean, I, like, what, 200 people, right? 200 deaths in a very residential area. How many people live in a building? Yeah, that's true. Like, it would be like one in building. In like one building. How many buildings surround this area? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they only have 10 minutes. Like, can you even evacuate no. people in 10 minutes? No, it's like, the middle of the night. Exactly. They're probably sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't even know how they're going to do that. So, um, yeah i personally i really hope the bomb goes off because a because i want them to end up in the tunnels because that would literally validate me so much (laughs) and literally be like the exact thing that i was like because that's also how loon can fix their whole like we need to fake our deaths problem right Mm -hmm. and that's that was supposed to like that was supposed to be what they were supposed to do this season right Right. you know they started off the season like okay, we're going to have to find corpses and whatever. And then we waited like 50 episodes and they didn't do anything. So I'm really hoping that this is how they fake their deaths. Yeah. And I think, I think yeah. story-wise, it'll make a lot of sense. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I didn't think about that. That's so smart. I was horrified when you just said that you hope the mom went on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Also, I I want Loon in the tunnels because I've gotten oh, so many people like on that theory. Where like they get in the tunnels are presumed dead by the APD, right? Um so yeah, um, that would that would uh, be like oh my god, god moment for me. <laughs> but like, yeah. yeah. So I, I hope the bombs go off because also I want to see the characters deal with failure, right? Uh-huh. I want Loon to realize that they failed to stop the bomb. And if they're in the tunnels, they have no idea who actually survived or not, right? They don't know how many people oh, were back. So much pain. <laughs> they don't know if Kim and Will are alive. They don't know if Tristan's alive. Like they don't know if Lucas is alive. Like all of those people, like I want to see them grapple with the fact that they for once have failed as soon. And yeah, they have to have their ups and downs as soon, right? But they done a pretty good job so far right as loon um they've gotten a lot of information uh to lead them to apostle seven and they've acquired information that could help tons of people right of like future bombings so they've you know like generally always been pretty successful as loon maybe like not in their relationship because you know that episode but um They've done pretty good. So yeah, see, seeing them deal with failure would be really interesting because I think yeah. this would be a really good time with it to see our, how our characters grapple with that. And then I want Will, like Will's whole arc is like learning that you can't control stuff, right? And to accept mm. that's part of his arc. Um, I want Will to have that moment where he realizes that he was pretty helpless during this arc, right? Right. He, he didn't do much and you know he doesn't know if Lauren and Kieran are alive if he knows that Kieran's the other lead member um so he's gonna have to grapple with it like he couldn't stop it and he couldn't fix it right and now he he thinks that Lauren is actually dead and that leads me to Kim I think Kim I've been saying this for a while. I think Kim is going to deal with a lot of guilt after this arc if she believes, like, even if Lauren is still around and she knows Lauren's alive because, um, you know, if Loon was able to safely evacuate the building, who knows what would have happened, right? right. But they couldn't have evacuated the building because of, because right. Cam, uh, in the moment, even though it was Herman who ordered it, she's the one who decided that they were going to do this now. She was going to try and arrest them. And that is what ended up holding them back, Right. Because mm-hmm. Will and Kieran went off to fight, right, and do um, and chase each other, and then Kim followed Lauren, and they had to go on this whole detour to, of, uh, you know, Kieran and Lauren to avoid being captured by or arrested by the police, and then, you know, that's literally like right as Kim was about to take off Lauren's mask, right, that's literally when the Phantom Scythe showed up. So, you know, Kim. I can see her like even though like it wasn't her fault that the Phantom Scythe did show up and she could there's no way she could have predicted it I feel like she will sort of blame it on herself because of what she did kind of did snowball into literally everything that's happening right now yeah anyway we have to go to our next podcast so if anyone has oh. fun oh, we can do 10 seconds oh, <laughs> before I forget before I forget okay there was a theory right people were saying that Karen's that they're going to end up in the cave 
my I don't think that they're going to end up in Kieran's cave because one, I don't think that any of the tunnels would lead to it, right? So there's not like a direct way to get to there because I don't know, it'd be kind of weird if the Phantom Scythe had a direct link to Kieran's hideout. And then like, you know, both Kieran and Lauren are injured and last mm-hmm. time in episode, in season one, Kieran could only carry Lauren like across a precinct. There's no way like he's going to be able to carry her across the entire city because his cave is westbound but right now they're in the 11th precinct and if they're in the 13th precinct that's even more farther east so they're gonna have to cross like the entire city like in the wide uh, yeah so yeah there's i don't think that they're gonna be able to make it to the cave it's just too far away yeah well this was a crazy episode Thank you so, so much for coming on. And yeah, I can't wait for next week. Thank you for having us. Good luck yeah. on your next podcast, Mindy. <laughs> yes. Ocean's doing the next two with me also. If she still has energy. <laughs> nice. Had yeah. thank you so much for having us on, Mindy. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's been great. A lot of anxiety. Yeah. Such a good episode. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Have a good night. Good night. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Emilda, Shannon, Esther, and I'm watching you. Your support is truly appreciated.